A big hello to fellow teachers. Welcome to the Edubel Podcast, a show created for teachers, by teachers, with teachers. I'm Alex Bush. And I'm Chelsea Henderson. With over 30 years of combined teaching experience, we're here to help you find balance in your professional and personal lives. Join us as we dive into a well of information, exploring insights, strategies, and practical tips that you can apply both within and beyond your classroom. So whether you're new to teaching or a seasoned expert, this podcast is for you. Let's be well and do well together. Welcome back to Eduel. Now that we have talked about our pre-report card routines, it's time to dive a little bit deeper into the well to discuss what we are doing during this very time-consuming process. Because getting a solid system into place can really help us to reduce workload for future report cards and the current set of report cards. And it can also take some of the mental weight off of our minds. So here we go. How are you doing today? You know what? I'm fantastic. It was a beautiful morning. Very frosty. Uh, took so some pictures. bright, which is nice. Bright. Yeah, it kind of elevates the mood. It's that time of year where we have a mix of sun and snow and frost. It's a good time to cuddle up inside and work on report cards. Ah, it's perfect. So let's talk a little bit about our during routine. I thought you were going to tell a story about okay, your Okay, well, I will tell a story about my mom. Okay, so... She reminded me that there was a time where most people didn't have a personal device. And so when they first went onto electronic, all the computers were in the library and the teachers would all go in and they would rotate using the computers in the library, right? That's unfathomable. So she then went on to tell me that they had report card cheesies. And then she she talked about, you know, the commercial with the guy with the the orange fingertips. Yeah. And so they would get report card cheesies and take turns using the computers. And she said, yeah, isn't it weird that we chose cheesies and not like just chips because (laughs) we're sharing these computers? But that just story reminded me that, you know, as we evolve into different technologies, that we shift and change what work looks like. It used to be at home on a piece of paper and maybe you used whiteout to delete a mistake to fix an error. And then, yeah, a whole bunch of teachers sharing space and writing report cards kind of as a team and rotating usage of technology with cheesies. That's funny. You know (laughs) what? You know what I think of, though, when when we mentioned teachers writing report cards back in the day with pens? Right, right. Um, If I did that, I would go through a lot of paper. I'm really glad that we do them on computers because I feel like that would just be a disaster for me. Exactly. I completely agree. So although some of the programs aren't ideal, it's better than on paper. <laughs> yes, I like that outlook. That's I really nice and positive. I am grateful for that. On that note, let's maybe move into what we do during our report card cycles. No cheesies. No cheesies for us. We're not doing cheesies because nope. we have these precious keys to type on. That's so, right. After we accomplish our pre-report card routine, we are ready to dive into those report cards. So the first thing I do is look at the week and designate times where I can actually work on those report cards uninterrupted, which is often easier said than done. We've discussed chunking before. So considering this is a large task, I would say that chunking is necessary. It's important to block off a period of time where you won't have disruptions. So I like to look ahead and think about the time that's going to allow me to make real progress on my reports. If I'm at home, I do have to tell the people around me that I cannot be disturbed for X amount of time. And that's always pretty helpful for me to get something done. I'm going to build on that one a little bit. 
It's kind of you're loudly telling, uh, explicitly telling the people in your life. Tell the people exterior to your life also, almost like a, a warning that I become kind of a recluse during report cards so that you're not getting the invite so you don't feel the pressure at all. So announce it loudly. Like, it's a bad month for me. It's report cards. Build yeah, you're setting it up. Setting exactly. it up for that time that you need. That's right. Exactly. I would also say, think about when you work best. When will you be the most productive? Like for me, it's not going to be nine o'clock at night, right? By then I'm tired. I am ready for bed. I'm not going to be starting my report cards then. I work well in the morning and I actually work pretty well right after school for a little while until I need my wind down time. So think about that. If you can get 20 minutes or a half an hour of work in before you begin your day, do it. Or maybe it's later on. Of course, it's all personal preference. But when will you be most productive to work on those report cards, right? Right. And something that I have found success with would be using my self-directed preps. Mm -hmm. So if I want to build time into the day, throwing, you know, 20 minutes of the prep, right focus towards report cards, closing that door tight, locking it, shutting it down and getting cracking on, on report cards, that can be really helpful for me. Yeah, we don't have to do all of our report cards outside of school, I hope. And I think, you know, as you get more seasoned in your career, you realize, okay, I can designate my preps for report card time. And I don't have to do so much after school during my leisure time. Yeah, any time that works for you to designate chunks is what you should do. Right. And if you have trouble focusing for long periods of time, schedule those breaks. I mean, if you have, like you just said, if you have 40 minutes on your prep, try breaking it into 15 minute sessions. And maybe you have a little bit of downtime at the beginning of your prep, then you work really hard. And then you have a little bit of downtime at the end of your prep if you can. I think we know that as teachers and even as parents, we can get a lot done in 15 minutes. It's a solid chunk of time, especially if you are holding yourself accountable. The thing is, I hold myself more accountable when I have a timer set. So that's something that I do. And hey, we do that with the kids in class. We absolutely. I find that when I know I only have to give my 100% for 15 Mm -hmm. or 20, 25 minutes, I am more inclined to start and to be totally focused. And I often will end up going over and above and beyond that timeframe because I know what I've set out to accomplish is manageable. Yes, it's manageable. And it's a little bit of a challenge. So when you accomplish that, it feels good. And it makes you want to do more, right? Exactly. So Bring that me snowball back. again. Yes, it is rolling that snowball. And I always think about that quote that you say, how do you eat an elephant, Chelsea? One bite at a time. Yeah, And report cards are a really big elephant. Huge. We're discussing the elephant in the room. Yes, we are. (laughs) So yes, give yourself some deadlines. As much as I don't like deadlines, I've realized that although sometimes I dread them, I actually really, really need them and work better with them. I also want to talk about the Pomodoro technique here. I love this. So this is from Francesco Cirillo. He invented this Pomodoro technique. Mm -hmm. He had set himself a kitchen timer which looked like a tomato. It's very Italian sounding, right. Chelsea. Right, so that's yeah. what pomodoro means, which oh. I'm probably saying that wrong. Oh, pomodoro. <laughs> yeah, that means tomato. We may have Italian. some Italian listeners who so, are correcting us. That's okay. Yeah, that's right. We make a lot we, of mistakes. We are open to corrections. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he took his timer, he set it for two minutes, and the reason that he did this was to help him focus on reading a sociology book that he needed to read for a university right. exam. 
So basically, when the timer went off, he would be able to take a break. And this was the reward for his focus. And he found that this simple action alleviated some of his anxiety and propelled him to keep going, ultimately settling on the ideal 25 minutes of focus. So he wrote a whole book on it if you want to read about it and learn step-by-step techniques. And this Pomodoro method helps us to be aware of how our mind works and helps us to consciously decide how to deal with interruptions. Sometimes what pops into our head is truly urgent, but in most cases, it can be postponed for 20 minutes until your timer goes off. Like what we talked about in our last episode, that laundry. Yeah. I have to get my report cards done before I do that laundry. I think I've been using this method quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I use it with with house cleaning, but I I do a little bit different. I put a timer on my phone for 20 minutes. And when the 20 minutes is up, and by the way, I'm often just chilling, doing, you know, reading during the 20 minutes. But when the 20 minutes Mm -hmm. is up, I say, I'm going to clean 10 things in my house, or I'm going to give away 10 things. I'm going to throw out 10 things. I'm going to go through 10 pieces of paper. Do I need them or not? And it just kind of builds a little bit of accomplishment in a day where maybe I'm not accomplishing much. And it schedules it. Because, you know, when the task is monumental ahead of you, once again, you almost don't want to ever start. But if you never have to do too much, it's kind of kind of nice. Yes. And what you just said right there is a very practical tip for listeners to use in their classroom. Absolutely. Clear 10 papers out of your binder. Pick three pieces of garbage up around the classroom. This is a great thing to use with your students. You're giving little targets and everyone's working together. So I like that. Uh, Yeah, I like it too. And you're using that at home and at work. Well, and that's what we're trying to do is, you know, what works at home works at work and vice versa. So, and I I personally think that it's so important to schedule those breaks into your day. And I often find that I need movement in my breaks and my Fitbit finds that too. It starts to buzz on my wrist and it gives me this aggressive little reminder. And I don't know (laughs) if you've ever heard, have you heard that, you know, scientists have said things like sitting is the new smoking. So I take Mm -hmm. that to heart. So my report cards will get 20 minutes of my time and it will be followed by a big shocker, a walking break. And what's good for the students is also good for us. You know, we give our students time to go outside, daily physical activity breaks. So I make sure that when I've put in a little bit of the report card time, I'm also blocking off time to get outside and go for a walk. I'm I'm obsessed with these walks. I talk about them all the time. They've made it into the podcast every episode. Absolutely, because it is an integral part of being productive and self-care. Okay. And so as my mom would say, it gets the juices flowing. Yes. And that is the truth. I drown in report cards. I can only say something so many different ways. I start Mm -hmm. to make mistakes. I go for that walk. I come back refreshed and I am ready to start again. But I really enjoy that. It's a Um, solid brain break. It is. So once you've decided when and how long you plan to work, it's important to think about how that session of working on report cards is really going to look for you. And it's different for all of us. I know for me, I use temptation bundling. And that is pairing an arduous task like report card writing with something that we really look forward to and enjoy and something that even nurtures our soul. Yeah, this is something we talk about in almost all of our episodes too. And I <laughs> think we, we love it. <laughs> we need we need the carrot. So to to this day, I've not met anybody who's like rah rah sis boomba. I get to work on my report cards. <laughs> no kidding. So I know you do this too, don't you? 
temptation bundling at report card time specifically? Of course. I like to get anything I need set up before my work session. Okay, like so, my cup of tea. Ah, uh, yeah, something hot. The atmosphere. Yeah, you could use that cup of tea to distract you within your session, or you could have it all ready to go. Exactly. So just kind of have like, where am I going to sit? You know, what is the atmosphere going to be like? What do I want in the background? Do I want utter silence? Do I want soft music playing in the background? Do I need motivation? I find sometimes music with words will distract mm-hmm. me. So I'll go with something a little bit more nature, waterfall oriented. Me too. I can't have any lyrics going. Exactly. I like the space that I'm working in to be clear of clutter so that my mind is free of clutter. I like having that hot tea already ready to go. And I like sitting in my special sunspot and I like to let the sun hit me. That's something that I can look forward to. But I also bundle a treat at the end of my work session to almost reward myself for the work that I've done. So I find that to be a really, really useful way to use temptation bundling. So once you're about to get started and you have all of your accessories to make you feel like you're going to have a nice work session, it's important to have a power list. When you're writing report cards, there are so many small tasks, medium tasks, large tasks that you need to accomplish. I like to write on three separate sticky notes. One, um, let's say input marks for language. Two, input comment for whatever subject you wish. And three, check all of the NAs for a subject that I haven't taught. Those are three beginning, middle, end tasks that I feel in my chunk of time I can accomplish. And you're not overshooting. Exactly. If I overshoot, I'm drowning in the report card. And then you're not getting that list done. And then you find that you're not crossing things off on your power list. And that doesn't make you feel good. (laughs) Right. And I like to actually, once I've accomplished something, I take that sticky and I like to crumple it up and have like a tangible evidence that I did (laughs) finish that that up. So that really works for me. So just to reiterate, I temptation bundle and I have a power list. Once I've got my power list... I make sure that in the process, I'm also doing things that pay me forward. Yes, me too. A big one for me is that when I'm inputting comments and I notice a mistake, I could correct it and move on, but that doesn't correct it in the saved comment bank. Good point. So I make myself now go back into the comment bank and correct it right then. But there was a time when I was too wiped out and I just made the correction right in the report card and moved on. But I kicked myself for that later. When the next round of report cards came, the mistake was still there because I didn't correct it in my comment bank. So I think about that one minute rule. If it takes me under a minute, I'll do it then. And then it's done. But what if something comes up during your work session that would take you longer than a minute, right? You're thinking of all these things as you're working, but you don't have time to go in there and fix it right then. What do you do? Well, exactly. It's this huge distraction as you're writing report cards and you're realizing, oh, I've got to do this. Oh, I've got to do that. I like your under a minute rule, over a minute rule. I obviously really love lists because I would create another list And it would be things that I've discovered while writing report cards that could use tweaking, fixing, and adjusting, right? Because we can get very derailed by these things. And so jot it down. Make sure that you jot down exactly where the adjustment needs to happen and what the adjustment will be. Because if you try to just keep it in your head, you will inevitably forget. So that is another list that you can keep as a running record of things that you need to go into later And in another 25-minute session, 
fix all those little things, but it doesn't derail those three main right. sticky notes that you've created. Your, you know, these are the three goals that I have. And you're sticking to them. Right. I mean, I used to be guilty of just clicking all around everywhere and getting derailed by a random thought. I was letting my brain and the things that should go onto another list derail my main goals. And so it's really about controlling uh, exactly what you want to accomplish and to not letting, you know, those random thoughts throw you off completely because you'll never get anything done. That's right. If you're and it's flitting tough. around. If you're flitting around, that's yeah. right. And, <laughs> it takes intention and it takes that focus. It takes practice. But you know what? As we're talking about this, I'm thinking about all of these uh, personalities, friends that I know who are so organized. And these yeah. are basic things for them that they've done organically since they were kids. Mm-hmm. They don't have to articulate it or think about it or learn. I had to learn how to do this. It was always a struggle and 10 times harder. And I have a very close friend who's a teacher. And uh, she always, she had such empathy for me. And she would wait till after report cards were done and then wait an extra two days to ask me, are you done now? Because she would always be done before the due date because she was organized. And I would, I would always be still having to go in and do that you know, those, all those little extra pieces. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's just actually a little comment to the amount of support over the years that I've gotten from my colleagues when it comes to writing report cards. That's right. I like that you said it is learned. Like these practices are learned and it takes time. Yeah. We're not perfect. No, no, (laughs) especially with report cards. Exactly. Now we know that we want to find ways to make report cards easier, but let's talk about AI. That's interesting because this is pretty fresh on the market. It is fresh on the market. And let's be real, like we've been using possibly Grammarly or in Google, there's like predictive wording. That is essentially AI. But AI has now gone on to steroids. So what are our thoughts on AI and report card comments? I mean, I have to keep training my brain on writing comments for my report cards. And I would come up to you all the time and say, what do you think of this comment? Is there anything you would change or add? And then we didn't lose that connection piece between our colleagues as well. So something to think about. Something to think about. Face-to-face human interaction where we discuss it. Then you've genuinely written the comment. And when it comes to speaking to that comment... It is embedded in your brain what you said, or they are your words that would have come out of your authentic mouth. And so you can defend, support, explain to a parent confidently, I don't want to lose that skill either. And I am aware that, you know, there can be benefits to using, you know, assisted technology. So you don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. And you also don't want to get completely dependent on technology. And yeah, you also don't have to martyr yourself and make everything, you know, 10 times harder. So I agree with you, though, some of the best conversations professionally that I've had are when I've leaned on you or another colleague about how to express something. And that kind of brings me to my next point a little bit. And that is commit and omit. And the importance of with regards to report cards, when you have a student where you're really struggling to write a comment that reflects, you know, who the student is and what the student can do. I think every once in a while, it's a done is done situation, because that rumination about a comment to the point where we are, you know, wording it over and over again, deleting, rewriting, deleting, rewriting, changing, it can add a whole bunch of extra errors and stress. 
And it takes a lot of precious energy to accomplish this. So one thing that I want to kind of bring light to is to go a little bit more basic. Remember that done is done. And for the really complex students, a report card is not the only opportunity for you to communicate to the guardian, to the parents, to the family about the student. Yeah, sometimes it's more beneficial to have face-to-face conversation if you can, or a phone call. Absolutely. And so you can always, if you're really struggling with a comment, write a note on that list of things you need to get back to, because I find that I can get really stuck on one Mm. comment and it will like really mm, ruin my progress for the, the job as a whole. So put a limitation on how much time you'll allot to tweaking a comment. Maybe that's when AI comes in. I don't know. But for me, the conversation with my peers will be a part of my practice always. So if there's something that you, you know, couldn't get onto paper about a student, make a plan for how you are going to articulate the information. And a comment does not have to say every single thing about a student and their existence in the classroom community. Absolutely. The real affirmations come naturally and face-to-face when you are in the classroom with your students. I actually just told my students this. I just let them know, think about what I'm telling you in class. Think about the feedback I give you on your work and when we're having conversations because these types of communication matter so much. It's not all about the report card. It's still fluid, right? You know what? That's a Chelsea wisdom. It is so true. You don't want the student defining themselves based on one piece of paper written about a snapshot of their academic life, right? It's about the day-to-day and about the process. It is. Let's remember that. The day-to-day counts, and so do our takeaways. So let's review them. All right. One, schedule blocks of time with no interruptions and give yourself breaks. Go for walks. Do those tasks that pay you forward the next time you open up those reports. And commit and omit. I'm going to add a number four, Chelsea. Do it. Like, don't eat cheesies while writing your report cards. No, thanks. Like that? Not doing it. Weird one. No (laughs) cheese fingers. For me. No. Teachers, we thank you again for listening to the Eduel podcast. Once again, we'd like to ask you to take a few seconds to give us a review on whatever platform you are listening on. This would really help us to share information with our fellow teachers out there. Tune into our next episode where we approach the finish line on writing report cards. Until then, be well and do well.